0: Thank you, Pastor Francis. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Um, it's uh, good to worship with you, uh, as it is every Sunday. And uh, I know we have only a couple of uh, Zoom services left. Uh, it is truly a blessing uh, to have been able to just worship together, the church family, even during this pandemic uh, via via Zoom and online services. And uh, thankful for that. But at the same time, I'm also uh, just excited to come together uh, just in person as well to be able to worship the Lord and. And today uh, we're in uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, Pastor Francis has been preaching about community uh, I think the last few weeks really and, and I think I'm kind of in the middle of one of kind of his, uh, his series on community as well and so I, I thought it was appropriate to continue to uh, talk about community and obviously that's so important uh, in the church and today I wanted to talk about something important in, in community which is love uh we want to talk about a loving community today and so uh, be, before we delve into the passage if we could uh if i could say a quick prayer for us and um uh, yeah let's pray father we we thank you again for this time thank you for the gift of your word we we thank you for the privilege we have to worship you together as a church and lord we pray today that as we think about love uh, our call to love, to love those in our community, our brothers and sisters. We pray that we would be convicted, uh, we'd we'll be encouraged, and we would just look to you who has loved us so much and that we would desire to love as we have been so deeply loved. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, as we uh, continue to talk about uh, this uh, this passage, it's it's a passage, you know. It's following verses one through eight, and I think Pastor Francis preached uh, Romans 12, one through eight not that long ago, and obviously he's talking you know, about you know different aspects of community and um, and just uh, really just giftedness in community. And now in in verse nine, he he's talking about the you know, marks of a Christian, right? That we want to see in community, and he starts with love, of course. And and you know in the Bible, love is something that is um, just clearly so important you know we look at first corinthians 13 where the apostle paul clearly says even if you have all these other things going on in your life you don't have love you you gain nothing you are nothing and he you know talks about how we have faith hope and love and they're all important but but, but love is the greatest of them all and, and we see in the bible so clearly the importance of love and obviously as christians uh, if you are uh, you know, a child of God, if you you know have professed your faith in Christ, obviously, you and I we know how loved we are we have we who are undeserving of any love, we have been so loved and we know about the love of the our father in heaven, him sending his one and only son to us. We know obviously of the love of our savior going to the cross, dying for us. And, and as we have been moved by this love, as we have been transformed by this love, as our lives have been completely changed and we are so blessed by this love. Now we, obviously we are called to love and we want to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, strength and mind. But obviously Jesus also calls us to love our neighbors called us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, to love as Christ has loved us. And so today, I want to look at just different aspects that we see in this passage, uh, just really four different aspects of love, how we are called to love one another in community. And it's, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a high calling. Uh, anytime I preach about love, I feel very convicted because I see the lack of love in my life and um, just the lack of selfless love so often, and it, it makes me repent, but also it is, it is a, a reminder of how important it is to love as Christ has loved us. So, it's really four things I want to say today, just kind of follows really this passage. Um, I want to look at you know uh, our call to love, and we need to love firstly with a love that is genuine, secondly, with a love that is true, thirdly, with a love. We need to love with brotherly affection. And thirdly, we need to love by showing honor, right? So we want to, so the, really, what is it? Um, we want to love with a love that is genuine. We need to love with a love that is true. We need to love with brotherly affection. And we need to love by showing honor. And so I want to look at those four things today. And I want to start with uh, love that is genuine. If you look at our passage, verse 9, that's how it starts. Let love be genuine. Uh, let love be sincere. Right? Let love not be hypocritical. Let love not be fake, but genuine. Uh, it's so important for us to love not just with words, obviously, not just you know by pretending to love, but with a love that comes from our hearts and really displays itself both in our words and in our actions. Uh, I think so often, you know, we we claim to love, but but we are, we are not loving. You know, we, we say that we love, but we don't feel it. We don't really desire it. And, and I think a lot of times, especially maybe in Christian um, culture, uh, at least for myself growing up in the church, there's a certain niceness that people have, right? People will act nice to one another and say the right things and you know, and, and you know, and almost seem to do all the right things. But the question is, am I doing these things just because I'm accustomed to doing it? Am I doing nice things or what looks like loving things because I love you or am I doing it because it's what's expected of me because I have a certain reputation to uphold, right? I have a certain, um, just just a certain standard of living that I feel I have to show everyone. Or maybe I just want something from you. And so I do these nice things for you, acting like I love you, but maybe I really don't. Maybe I just do it so that I could manipulate you to do things for me. You know, it's like it's like the person who gives a birthday present. and, And instead of, you know, I want to give you a birthday gift because I love you and I cherish you and I and I desire to bless you. Maybe I'm giving you that gift, so I make sure you give me a gift when it's when it's my birthday, right? Uh, maybe I'm really nice to my boss, not because I care about my boss. Maybe I despise my boss, but I act nice, I act caring, I act like I really want to bless you because I want that promotion, I want that raise, I want to have an easy time at work, you know. And 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 you no, know, there are times in the church, perhaps where we may put on a nice face, right? we may pretend and we may smile and there might be times where I just, I don't like you right? we don't like someone, we despise somebody maybe we're gossiping about that person we're slandering that person we have all kinds of, you know, just evil thoughts or just, just un, you know, just unloving thoughts but on the outside, you know, we, we might fake it we might pretend, we may act a certain way without any kind of genuine love in our hearts and Paul is saying, no, let love be genuine. Your love should not be fake, right? Um, if, you, if you think about really what he's talking about, it's, it's a love that comes from a heart, right? That has been moved by the gospel and a love that genuinely seeks your benefit, that, a love that genuinely seeks to bless you, and just really is other centered and and sacrificial and, and a love that wants to love as Christ has loved us. So I don't want to be fake about it and I want to genuinely love you. But here's the thing, well, what if I don't, right? Like what if I look at you and what if I just, whenever I look at you, I just get bad feelings. Maybe you've hurt me before. Right, or maybe just the way you act just gets on my nerves, right? Maybe the, you know, maybe the way you talk just just rubs me the wrong way. Maybe everything about you just seems so unlovable to me. Maybe that's how we feel sometimes. And so, then what do I do? Because clearly, you know, we see the word of God is calling us to love not with fakeness, but with genuineness and sincerity. And you know, I don't want to put on a mask, right? And pretend I'm loving you and I really just despise you. But on the flip side, it's unrealistic, right? To think I can just love you with a heart that is just just bubbling with good feelings when I just don't, right? How can I control that? How can I take somebody who is unlovable, who somebody just loves you in the wrong way, somebody who every time I look at you, it just, just, just doesn't feel good. And how can I love genuinely? Do I just give up? Do I just say, well, if I can't love the way I'm supposed to, then forget it, I don't want to be fake. And obviously that's, that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to just give up and not love. So, so what do I do? And I think this is, that is important for us um, because a lot of us, I think we either have a phony love, right? Like, you know, I pretend to love you. Even if I don't, I, you know, I dislike you, but we also sometimes have a sporadic love, right? Where I only show kindness towards people that, i like right so i might be phony about it or i might be i don't want to be a fake i don't want to be phony and so it's, i have a sporadic love i just pick and choose the people that i'm going to be loving to and and when paul says that love be genuine there's i think a call for us to love our brothers and sisters in christ to love those in their community and so i need to do it sometimes with a repentant heart and what i mean by that is i may see someone Who is hard to love? Who is difficult to love? Either because their personality just doesn't fit with me or maybe they've said things to me or done things to me or those two I love that hurt me. And so it's hard for me to love you. And I think it's important for me to say, Lord, I I want to love this brother or this sister. It's hard for me to love this person because they've either hurt me or something about them. You know, is just unattractive to me. And as we repent of our lack of love, we also have to go back to the gospel. And we have to remember, I am so unattractive. There's nothing about me that should have made God love me. I am a sinner. I was an enemy of God. I'm a completely unattractive person. And yet, what does God do? He sent his son to die for me. And Christ, he goes to the cross and he becomes the unattractive one so that I could be. Attractive, right? he he dies for me so I could be loved and I could be blessed and yeah, somebody might hurt me and I may say well I can't love that person because they've hurt me and yet what do we see Christ doing, those of us who hurt him, those of us who sin against him, he dies for sinners like us and he forgives us and he loves his people, he even dies for his people and so when that gospel message starts moving in my heart and I reflect upon that, what I say is, Lord, forgive me, I I can't love this person. This person just loves me the wrong way. This person has hurt me. And yet, as I think about your forgiveness, as I think about the way you have loved me, I want to love this person that way. And as I'm praying that prayer, then I act on it. Even if I don't feel all the feelings, right? I seek, I desire to love that person and I start acting with love towards that person. And eventually, God moves my heart so that I can feel the love I am acting out as well. So it's not a phony love, but it is a love that is full of repentance and a love that is seeking a desire to love. And it is a love that looks to Christ to give me the power to love. And so really we we want love to be genuine. I don't want to pretend I love you and then talk about you behind your back and despise you and just put a smile on my face. No, I want to say, I I really desire to love you as I have been loved. And I want my love to be genuine. I want my love to be sincere. But I also want, secondly, right, love to be true. Now, if you look at verse nine, it says, let love be genuine, but it continues by saying, Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. It's like hate, hate evil, hate what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. The whole fast here is it really literally means just to stick like glue, right? To stick to it, cling on to it, to what is good. Now, it actually is interesting because here is this passage about love, and instead of just talking about love, it talks about hate and abhor what is evil. Like, what is going on? Paul, what are you talking about? But Our love has to be discerning. It has to even be discriminating because if I love you, I want you to grow in grace. I want you to cling on to what is good. But what I don't want is for you, right, to do evil. I don't want you to be stuck in sin and, you know, and to obviously do things that are harmful to you and harmful to others. And so my love is genuine but also I wanna point you to truth. I want you to point you to the truth of what is good. I wanna see good in your life. I want to see the goodness of God just exploding and just you know growing in your life. I want you to know Christ more and more and I want you to grow in his grace. I want you to cling on to what is good. I want you to cling on to Christ and just to grow, right? To have the fruit of the spirit just, just become more and more evident in your life. That's what I wanna want build help build you up. I want to bless you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to encourage you. But also, when I see you stuck in sin, when I see just sinfulness in your life that's really bringing you down, I want to point that out and I want to help you overcome that. And I think that's actually really important because I think sometimes we think Loving somebody means just always being supportive. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, you know, whatever decision you make, even if it's the wrong one, even if you know it's a very simple decision and we just say, oh, you know, I love you. So I'm here for you. Whatever you want, I just want to make, I want you to be happy and I just want to be a blessing to you and, you know, I'm just going to support you and I'm not going to call you out on anything because that's not what love does. Or We may think to ourselves, I know you are doing something that's wrong. I know you are stuck in a sin that's really harmful to you or harmful to others. I know that there are things in your life that, you know, I probably should point out to you, you know, lovingly, right? Just, you know, maybe giving you a gentle review. Maybe I should do that, but I'm afraid to do it. Because I don't want you to hate me. I don't want you to despise me. I don't want you to get mad at me. And so I don't even bring it up. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with all the, you know, the struggles that come with confrontation. And so maybe I just keep my mouth closed and I just smile and just say, oh, everything is great. Everything is good. And that's not love. When I love someone, it means I want that person to grow, obviously. I want that person to to see Christ and I want them to cling to what is good. But also, it does mean that there are times where when I see you struggling in a particular sin and I see you going the wrong way, so to speak, that I need to lovingly maybe confront you, maybe give you a gentle rebuke and say, because I love you. I want to, I want to help you, right? To cling to what is good, but to turn away from your sin and to turn to Christ. And I think that is very important, that I I love not be cowardly, but that I love be genuine and I love point people to the truth, right? That love shows people that this is how Christ wants us to live. For his glory for your good and so we want love to be genuine we want our love to be true but also we want our love to be filled with brotherly affection right we want love that is that is family right if you look at our passage in verse 10 it says to love one another with brotherly affection now and it says here, "Love one another." Uh, that that beginning part of the passage, which is actually a, a translation of a Greek word, that's talking about family love. And then obviously, when you see the word "brotherly affection," and that's the word Philadelphia, really, that also is obviously talking about family affection. And so, really, what we see is not not only is love genuine, and not only is love true, and just kind of discriminates good and evil, but we want a love that is a family love right it's not a love that has you know just uh, has rules where you have to do this to get love right you know, when, when we look at you know c.s lewis uh, in, in his uh, book the four loves he talks about four different types of love right? he talks about agape right which is sacrificial love right? he talks about phileo or kind of a friendship love he talks about eros which is like a romantic love and then he has this Last love, course, you know, storge, and that's really a family love. That's the love that we see in verse 10 here, which in the beginning is the word that is translated love one another, and then obviously we have the word Philadelphia for, for brotherly affection, and so we have these different loves, and in verse 9, it says, let love be genuine. That's really talking about agape kind of love, that sacrificial love, serving love that is really based on God's love for us, but here in verse 10, we see family love, brotherly affection, and... If you think about love, right, in especially in romantic love, you have expectations, right? I choose to love you because you're attractive to me in different ways, and you know, and and I love you. And, you know, and even friendship, right? I, I choose who my friends are. I choose who my you know, romantic love interest is. I choose who my friend is. And with agape, it's not so much what you do for me but it's really I want to be sacrificial in loving you but with family love it just, it's just there right when the mother looking at her child you know there's no real expectation I just love you because you're my child you know I, I look at my wife you know even this morning she was feeding our son and just she was smiling and looking at him and I could just see just this love exuding, right, for for her child, and there's, there's a family love. And then I saw my son looking at my wife, and you know, at, at 11 months, I, I don't know what to exactly call that, but it looks to me like like love, a love for his mom. That's just it's just there. It's it seems so natural, you know. When we you know, no one teaches us to really love our parents. You know, a parent looks at their child and they just, they just feel love for them. Even with siblings, right? They might, we might fight, we might have disagreements, but there's so a love. And if you, if you look at family sometimes, there are people in our families, maybe if they weren't in our family, we would never love them. Maybe they're so different from us. Or maybe they're just so, you know, um, just maybe they just annoy me even. And there are things about them that I, I don't really like. Maybe, and, and maybe I would think to myself, if you weren't part of my family, I don't even think we will be friends but because you're in my family, I will love you and you know and with family, even if you fight right, even if you have a disagreement, maybe I'm mad at that moment maybe you know I'm really annoyed, maybe I'm really upset maybe I'm really frustrated and sad but I make you work right I, I overcome it. why Because you're my family and I think that's what we're talking about here. We want to love, be devoted to one another with family, brotherly, sisterly affection. I should look at everybody in my community, everyone in my church and say, You are my brother, you're my sister. You know, and sometimes we go to churches and we say that, right? Hey brother, hey sister. And and I think that's a beautiful thing because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I remember growing up, I would keep you in that family line, right? You know blood is thicker than water right because you know we're blood so we're family so we gotta we have to love each other through good times and bad times because we're blood we're connected by the same blood but as christians we're connected by the same blood too by the blood of christ you know we have the same father our father in heaven we are all adopted brothers and sisters and we have a father in heaven who loves us. We have an elder brother. Christ is not only our savior. He's our elder brother who obviously, right, has loved us so much and we are connected by his blood. And so when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ, even if they might rub us the wrong way, even if they have hurt us, even if we have disagreements, we need to look at each other and say, I love you as a brother. I love you as a sister. And because I have been so loved by my heavenly father, by my elder brother, I, I want to love you with that love. And I want you to love me with that love. And, and the sad part is, you know, in human families, sometimes families do break. There is a big enough fight where family members say, I don't want to talk to you anymore. We're done, right? I don't need you in my life anymore. But as a church of Christ, as a community, as a fellowship of believers, we should never say that because we're connected by the blood of Christ, not just blood, but the blood of Christ. We know that we were enemies and Christ died for us. And so when I look at every brother and sister in the church, what I'm seeing is not only am I, right, a love child of God, but you also are a love child of God. And so as God has loved me and God has loved you, I desire to love you in that way. And I think if we really have that kind of attitude, if we really have that kind of mindset, then when someone is struggling, of course I want to say, hey, how can I help you? If someone is really just in need of prayer, of course I want to say, hey, let me pray for you. If someone is hurting, you're gonna say, "How, how can I help you in that? How can I bless you in that with words, with action? And even if somebody hurts me, if I see you as not my enemy or as somebody who just has hurt me and somebody I really dislike, if I look at you as a brother or a sister in Christ, with the same heavenly father, with the same savior and elder brother, connected by the blood of Christ, then I am more willing, to seek to forgive you, to reconcile with you, and to grow together with you. And I really hope that will be our desire. There might be people in church that we may not be friends with if they weren't part of our church. And that's a great thing, right? I may not get along with people or a person like you, but because of our connection in Christ, because we are family in Christ, I choose to love you. I choose to get to want to get to know you, to grow with you. And so we want love to be genuine. We want love to be true, right? To pour what is evil, to hold fast to what is good. We, we want our love to be a love that is just, that, that shows brotherly, sisterly affection. We want a family love. But lastly, we want love that shows honor. Uh, if you look at the last, uh, sentence here, it says, I'll do one another in showing honor. I'll do one another in showing honor. Now, really, when I honor somebody, right, I, I'm looking at that person as a gift from God. I am looking at that person as somebody who is very valuable, right? I'm looking at that person as, as someone who I want to cherish. Somebody who I want to really bless, right? we are to honor somebody, and, and we, instead of looking at this person as somebody who is there for my needs, as somebody who is there for my comfort, I want to ask myself, how can I bless you? Um, let me read something here, you know, when you honor somebody, valuing the other person well, honor somebody is value, on the other person as a gift in my life, right? It's considering the other person as more important than myself, right? Honoring the other person is being motivated by what's in their best interest. And we do this because, you know, my understanding of relationship is embedded in a, a bigger framework, right? This relationship isn't just there for me. This person isn't just in the world to make me feel better about myself right as a Christian what I'm saying is you at this other person in front of me this brother or sister in Christ is someone who exists fundamentally not for my purpose but for God's purpose Right? I'm choosing to treat you as a child of God and not an object that I possess so when I honor you I'm saying you are a gift from God you are valuable you are precious you're not in this world Just to make me feel better, just to do what I want, to make me happy, to please me. You you are here because you are precious in the eyes of God. You are a child of God. And so I want to honor you. I want to cherish you. And I want what's best for you. I want you to thrive as a child of God. I want your life to really honor God and glorify him. And I want you to be a blessing to others and really... I think it's important that we make this distinction when we are in community, when we have relationships, we want to honor the other person instead of manipulating the other person. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we want in our relationship for the other person just to make me happy, right? Really you exist for my happiness, for my comfort. It's all about me, Because right? we, we, we generally tend to be selfish. And so, you know, we, we manipulate. And we really think you, you, you exist ultimately for me. And so, you know, we may do things and say things to try to get that person to do whatever I want them to do. And if you don't make me happy, if you don't please me, then you're going to pay for it, right? With maybe harsh words, with a cold shoulder, with whatever it may be. But we have this way of looking at people as objects that are here for me, that to please me. And I think it's important that we look at people as valuable. We look at people as children of God. You are a child of God. That means as much as I am valuable, as much as I am cherished by God, you are cherished by God. That means you are precious. And so I want to treat you in that way. I don't want to treat you as an object of my manipulation or my just pleasure. No, I want to love you, I want to bless you, I want to acknowledge how valuable you are as a child of God, you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, and I want you to grow in his grace, I want you to grow in his love, and I wanna be a part of that. How can I build you up? How can I bless you? How can I love you? How can I serve you, so you can continue to thrive as a child of God? And I think that's such an important, important attitude to have right I need to say you belong to God not me instead of saying I need you I need you to do this for me I need you to you know you know be this person for me I need to say no no no. you belong to God and not me right instead of looking at the other and saying you know you're the problem I want to say how can I build you up I want to say how can I learn from you and cherish you and encourage you and help point you to Christ more and more every day so that you can continue to grow in his love and what does Paul say here he says to outdo one another in showing honor Right? we need to do that for each other obviously but I want to be really really driven to do that for you to see you as a gift from God to see you as valuable to see you as the precious child of God that you are, because you are, right? And that's the thing, right? When I look at my brothers and sisters in Christ, I look around and I see a bunch of people who are so important, who are so precious, bought with the blood of Christ. And we see how loved they are. And I want to say, Lord, as much as I have been loved, they have been loved. And I want to love my brothers and sisters, with the amazing love you have shown me. And that is my hope. And that is my prayer today, that we would be a community that reflects Christ, we would be a community that is filled with love, a love that is genuine, a love that is true, but the love that is marked by brotherly sisterly affection with the family love, and a love that outdoes each other in showing honor. I really pray today that that would be our desire and that would be really the reality of the community that we have together in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your love.